0: And now, listening to The Awakened Soul. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to The Awakened Soul. I'm coming to you guys a little bit early this week for a few reasons. A, going back to St. Louis to visit some family and hang out with some friends. Shout out to Oversaturated the Podcast because we were already set up. We're going out and getting drinks while I'm in the loo. Um, So, you know, that's a reason why I'm, I'm giving you this a couple of days early. Um, always, like I said, I, I, I will never go a week without giving you guys a dope pod to step to. So I hope you guys appreciate it. Have fun with it. Um, on the show today, we got, um, both hosts from oversaturated the podcast, both Ralph and Johnny are in, uh, to talk about the cult classic boys in the hood. We have the Andrew Bellow returning for the stay woke segment yet again. We also have the host of the sexual strangers podcast sexual strangers a grown folks podcast and make sure i say the full name uh before c fusses at me over there juice gets on my head um and and it, it's a it's a jam packed show like we always have you know it's it's a lot of fun i i i love building relationships and getting to talk to new people every week and bringing new podcasts on even though ralph's been on before um this is my first time actually podcasting with johnny Uh, equally good dude equally funny dude um we had a lot of fun chopping it up in that segment um so you guys know how we start off but before we go to any of those segments we are going to go off the rip with ceo hayes now let's go ahead i got just just a few things i want to talk to you about so let's go ahead and get into off the rip with ceo hayes this is the awakened soul presented by it is what it is studios let's go awakened soul all right let's get into it i'm so excited to sit down and record this podcast and you know i got a lot of feedback off my little opening rant last week talking about time and how to manage time and um everything that i said there and i was surprised you know i thought i may have offended a couple of people or a few people you never know how how people are when you kind of call out what some people do or some people enjoy and you know put a focus on okay yeah you can do that but just look at what it may be stopping you from doing or how it may be holding you back um people can take that one way or another they can get offended or they can take it and realize hey you know what maybe maybe there is something more i could be doing with this time um but i got a lot of feedback from it i always love getting feedback on any of our topics from the listeners so um just just a couple of things that I got back from it is then uh, I was asked, like, how do you then manage using your free time to do things that are going to help you progress in, in whatever that vent, whatever that venture is, whether it's work, personal passion, whatever it is, and then balance it with also having some leisure time. And, you know, I, I never will say don't have any leisure time at all. It's good to rest the brain. It's good for morale to have some leisure time. Um, but I, I, I definitely think you need to just maximize. And, and like I said, it's all situational. Everyone doesn't need to just sit back and say, you know what? I'm not going to play video games at all because I need, I could be doing X, Y, Z for work. I can be doing X, Y, Z for school. Like it, it, everybody doesn't have that situation. If you look at it, if if you are ultimately happy and you think that you're accomplishing everything that you want to accomplish, then fit in free time wherever you can. It, it wasn't last week's opening segment. wasn't to say you shouldn't have time to just be lazy every once in a while if you want you shouldn't have time to sleep in like it, it wasn't to say that it was more so to say just be mindful of when you do take that time to sleep in to get uh extra time watching youtube or whatever it it is limiting time that you could be using for something else not necessarily saying you just should always use that time for something else and never watch youtube or whatever um so it's all it's all about just putting a balance and and weighing what you where you want to be. Ultimately, if you know you want that promotion at work, if you know you want to be able to help children around your neighborhood, like if, if you have a passion for this stuff and you find yourself not doing it, kind of stagnating, um, take out some of that time. Like I said, it's, it, it may be hard at first, but take that time out and then see what you can do with it. Um also, you know, it, 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 to, to move on from that, we're moving on to another subject now. Uh, I just, I, I have so much fun recording this podcast. I truly do. Some of the relationships I built with with doing podcasting in general um that may just be lifelong friendships like I mean Andrew Bellow, anyone who hears us talk already knows um fame as much as he he gets on my nerves without flaky he can be sometimes is is a brother of mine for sure JB who's been on and and you know I've been working with them for a year plus at this point um but you know like the new relationships that are formed from this podcast like Ralph and and Johnny like me and Ralph probably are in some form of contact every day of the week like it, it, whether it's talking about a subject on Twitter listening to to each other's podcast talking out future segments or whatever um and you know I, I I enjoy having these discussions with the guy and you know there's times we just don't or he may not see or think I'm I'm crazy from a standpoint that I'm coming on on something specifically when it comes to music, um, <laughs> but you know it, it's stuff like that. Like iron sharpens iron, I truly believe that, and it's something like a lot of relationships that I've had or people I've had on the podcast. It it it's it may just be business, or it may just be hey, next time I need someone to come on the podcast, they'll come. We have good discussions. I enjoy their their what they have to add, and I would work with them any day of the week. But some of the other relationships that you build turn into true friendships. And, you know, when I got into podcasting, I came um, with the mindset of wanting to create my own thing. Like I created a whole network off the jump, not just a single podcast. I wanted it to be my own thing, my vision. And I did that. And I never thought at that time that it would turn into everything that it turned into. And um. So, I mean, I say all that to say is that you never know just what you going out and taking the extra time to accomplish or do something that you just may have a passing interest in or something that, you know, I really want to try this. You never know how that may grow. Like me having that idea to start that network, I I, I won't take credit for bringing Andrew Bello on the podcast because he, I think he did a podcast before and he has a talent. That talent probably would have came out eventually Anyway, J- same with JB, same with Gerald Cooper, who's been on this podcast. These guys all have talent in what they do and not necessarily saying that I, I, I am the catalyst for them podcasting because that could have came along at any time. But it's the combination of creating that platform that they are now using and also the friendships that to see being built from this. Like it even take me outside of like we have a group chat of our of our network. And seeing these guys interact with each other, the conversations that happen, not just about what we podcast about, about life, the joking, the camaraderie there, it's, it's, it's all humbling. And it's awesome. And it's, it's, like I said, it's humbling to, to be the person who kind of created the platform to bring all these minds together. And now we're killing it. Like, that's what we do. We kill it. Um, you know another thing and and we do have a stay woke segment today if, of course if you didn't figure it out about what's going on in the news it's due to the Vegas shooting just talking about some of the things that are happening there uh, some some of the fact and fiction that have come out from that from that um, that happening I, I guess for a lack of a better word and also you know how some of the politicians are using that as a springboard to try to push some policies or some things through that they want, uh, selfishly. I think I'm, I'm, I may add, yeah, but, uh, so let's, let's just see. I, I got a couple more things I wanted to talk to you about, and this may be one of our longest opening segments yet, but, um, little CJ, little Hayes, my son, his birthday was a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he turned four and it's just an amazing time to see that young man grow and develop, uh, and just, He's so much like me in, in in not some of the good ways uh, as me as a kid growing up that I just look at him and I just can't help but to pray. <laughs> My oldest son, who's been on the podcast, he's such a mellow and, and just big hearted kid. And he's almost the opposite of me in many ways. He's very quiet like I am. But as far as his demeanor, it's, it's very opposite of mine. But that four year old of mine man the 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 meanness the honoriness that i had that i had to learn to come out from underneath he he has that already at early age and he's a freaking bully um but yeah so that that's just some things going on in my life um i'm i've got some things that i'm working on for the podcast that are, that are going to be exciting uh next week we have the it was supposed to be this week, but I'm sorry. Life got in the way um, of our relationship episode. And that's not going to be an every week thing, but it's going to be a separate episode from the awakened soul proper. Uh, it's its its own thing where I, me and uh, you guys have heard it before. Badass Jones answer some relationship questions that you guys uh, submitted. We've already recorded it. It'll be out next week. I have some things to do on it. I got to edit it to make it all presentable and beautiful for you guys. Like I try to do everything um, to be out on the lookout for that. And uh, just as an update, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago at this point, I said I was working on an episode uh, for mental health um, in the black community, but mental mental health overall that shows coming together. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a very deep one when it when it gets released. That's why it's taking a lot of time to cook up because I definitely want to do that subject some justice i want a lot of people who hear it i want them to feel safe in in what they hear there and maybe go out and seek help if they need it so I, we're, we're working the working soul is it, it's it's turned into something so big and that that's due to each and every one of you and the interaction i'm getting from you guys that's enough that's enough of just opening and, and fluffing and getting you guys ready let's go ahead and the first segment that we're coming with um, for you guys today Is the film section Which is making its return We haven't talked a movie in depth for quite a while And we're talking Boys in the hood With both Ralph and Johnny From Oversaturated the podcast Check them out We're going to get into some music And then on the other side of that music It is going to be the discussion with Ralph and Johnny Thank you
1: Oh, Damn. man. Hey, throw the ball. Throw that ball, you ain't gonna
2: see it again. don't you know this is a dead body? Yeah, motherfuckers, I know that shit. He ain't bothering you, so don't fuck with him. Yo, throw the ball, little man. I ain't gonna take it.
3: Hey, y'all. Amos and Andy, you step in and he's fetching. I'm talking about the message, what it stands for called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. This is Los Angeles. This is Los Angeles.
0: This is Los Angeles. This is Los Angeles. What's up people? We got a special movie review here. Uh you guys couldn't tell by the intro music we're here to review boys in the hood one of my favorite films also the title of one of my favorite songs of all time but that's a a story for another day but we got here the the hosts both hosts of oversaturated the podcast you guys have already met ralph but we got johnny in the building too ralph what's going on
2: hey what's going on people
0: what's up cj Well, CEO, i'm sorry no cj's fine man don't don't be extra formal with it what's going on johnny
4: going on
0: man Um, i'm glad to be on thanks for having me oh anytime anytime this is this is fun as much as it is business um so i mean we're here to talk boys in the hood Uh, uh, obviously a hood classic one of the probably the most well-known black films of all time um so before we get into the nitty-gritty of it just get your overall thoughts on the movie. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys went back and rewatched. I re- I've watched it twice since we decided we were going to do this just to freshen myself up on it. I still remember the movie almost word for word, which is scary after all these years. But uh, just overall, your thoughts on the film going back and watching Johnny, you first on this one.
4: Um, So I definitely went back and rewatched it. Um, clear, like you said before, it's definitely a hood classic. Um, And it's... I think it's still crazy how the film still translates to today's time. Like it's, it's ba- it's a Thomas classic basically. Um, I,
2: and that's really what I have for it, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, with me, like I, I really enjoy boys. and the- I haven't rewatched it, but I've seen it so many times. It's just kind of ingrained here. Um, uh, I'll say this is definitely a classic movie. There's, you know, there's no way around it. And it just told the story of the perspective of a, you know, black male or the black experience growing up in the inner city. And I don't think that that was ever really explored like that for that time
0: frame. Right. Yeah, I mean, definitely at its time, it was it was ahead of its time. I mean, that's really the only way to categorize it. It was definitely ahead of its time with the way that it depicted uh, black men and the fact that they gave Lawrence Fishburne such a, a role where he just came off so intelligent, you know, that yeah. it wasn't a lot of people at the time. Like back then, black fathers were just depicted as not really being there, either that or crackheads. Um, if yeah. you weren't, if you weren't Bill Cosby or, or, on the good times, you weren't painted in a good light in, in, in a TV or a film back then. So I, I definitely think that it was important to see that. And, uh, even though my dad's white, like just, the way that he dealt with his son was a big way, uh reminder of like how my dad treated me. So I, I, that's how I attached to the film. Me and my dad used to watch this movie together all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely agree with you guys on that one. Um, the cast of this movie, I mean, we got Ice Cube. We got Lawrence Fishburne. Um, we got Neil Long. <laughs> uh,
2: Cuba
0: Gooden Jr. Oh, Cuba Good Jr. How can I, how can I miss Cuba? Uh, <laughs> Morris Chestnut. For the uh-huh. ladies, like it's it, it, this was just an all star studded cast. And I mean, this was early on in all their careers, except Lawrence. But uh, they they went on to just have long careers after that. Ice Cube is still doing it at a high level. Yeah,
2: yeah. and let's let's not forget Angela Bassett played you know Cuba Gooding Jr.'s mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's still With, out here, and Regina.
0: she's fine. She's finer now than she she yeah. was then. Man. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. I don't. know. It's something about them arms, man. I don't know what it <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah 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 but uh so i mean looking at the cat go ahead johnny i know we cut you off you can to say some what do you think about the cast
4: um this is probably one of the best black casts put together in the movie like ever i don't know if you i, I don't know if y'all mentioned uh regina king but she was in it as well oh yes yes, yes.
0: yes, yes. that was like her most hood role taking 40s to the head like a champ
2: <laughs> right <laughs> With with the with the Dookie Braves, but that's kind of like uh, her character in Boy to Justice*, but not you know getting too far off subject. Uh, but yeah, like Johnny said, this is probably the greatest ensemble of black actors and actresses we probably will ever get outside of a Tyler Perry film. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, with the um the Best Man cast I think is up there too. I I I have high regards for the cast of the Best Man yeah
2: yeah yeah a lot of those black rom-coms had a lot of like you know heavy hitters as far as like black actors and actresses being together like that kind of like that spree of like the best man like you were saying or the wood or um the brothers had a nice ensemble of people in it too yeah like those films
0: yeah yeah you're right on that one um but i mean let's let's get into it like do you guys remember the first time you saw this movie at all? I, I don't remember the, the exact first time I saw, it, but I, I kind of remember some of my thoughts just from when I was younger watching this movie. But what were your thoughts on it as a young? Because I I think you, I may be even older than you guys, but uh, this movie came out when I was extremely young. So, I mean, I've grown up with it for most of my childhood and just being young. It just it spoke to me. What What about you, Ralph? You first.
2: Um I can't remember the first time I actually saw it, but just my my opinions on it as a child. Like you know, I definitely remember like you know walking down the street, you know, the fear of holding onto your football because the older gang members of you know the you know the older kids in the neighborhood they would take this stuff from you. So it's like it was a you know I could identify with that experience. Uh, maybe not so much actually seeing like people die or like stuff like that because that was something that like maybe not like Trey or Doughboy saw. But like, definitely like Chris, like Chris was like really like out here. So he just saw a lot of stuff. But yeah. you know, I think it was, you know, relatable.
0: Johnny. To a- <laughs>
2: um,
4: so I definitely saw this movie later on in my life. Um, I won't say exactly when because y'all might revoke my black card, but <laughs> I remember <laughs> when I do, what I do remember from the first time seeing it was seeing how um Lawrence Fishburne's character interacted with his son uh, and me kind of wishing that I had something similar. Um, I grew up in a single parent household with my mom. It was my mom, me and my younger sister. And uh, just wishing I had that type of, I guess, camaraderie or discussions with a father figure. Um, So seeing that was like, OK, so there are fathers like that, that do exist, which is great. And I guess it kind of helped Push me in, I guess, a, a better direction as I as I grew up. So that's that's one thing that I that I felt once the first time I saw it.
0: I can understand that. I can understand that for sure. Um, I, I have to say this before we start. And and Johnny, you said this. You, someone may take your black card. Someone may take mine for saying this. I don't I don't know how controversial this is, but Cooper Gooden's acting in this movie was fucking awful. I still love the story, <laughs> but God, was it just it. I don't know, man. Like, some, some acting never holds up when you go back and watch it as an adult. And that's kind of what I feel about this. I'm just watching it like, damn, this dude was overacting the shit out of this role. But uh, <laughs> that's just me. No. <laughs> oh,
2: go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm thinking about the one scene, and I think that's the one you were referring to when he broke down in uh uh Nia Long's uh, living room when he started crying and swinging at the air. Is that oh, what
0: we're man. About? <laughs> that, that's definitely one of the scenes that I'm talking about. But yeah, like, that was terrible, man.
2: I'm sorry. That's hilarious.
4: Now, one thing I will say, and people might kill me for this too, but I actually saw "Don't Be a Menace" before I saw "Boys in the Hood." So every time I see the the scene with Cuba Gooding swinging in Neil Long's house, I always think about "Don't Be a Menace," where he was knocking the kids out. <laughs> he was knocking the kids out. I get weak every time. Like it, it's just it's hilarious. But yeah, Cuba Gooding's acting was very subpar or overacting or whatever. I, I definitely agree with you on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it it was, it was tough, man. It it was tough to watch and like when every time you try to deliver line, yeah, man. Like, come on, dude. Like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> come on, <dude. laughs>
4: I wonder if he didn't have the actual back like background growing up to play this type of role. Because I I think everybody else in the cast probably did, maybe. Yeah. That's, yeah. Fair.
2: Back- That's fair yeah. to say. Like I think when you look but looking back on it, Trey did kind of seem kinda awkward. Yeah. Like, he was <laughs> yeah, like he wasn't supposed to be there. Like I get that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, all right, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna break down the story of the movie. If you if you're listening to this podcast and don't know the story of boys in the hood, then just turn the damn podcast off i need you to go go like come back to it after you watch the movie but uh so i I mean just just like we've already talked about the depiction of a father and son um the friends the the, just how true it was to black men in that time and still in many places nowadays going on um but i I, this this is the question that i'm left to ask you guys on which one of you cried when ricky got shot
2: i never cried when ricky got shot
0: (laughs) neither have I i
2: Like, I, like, like, like I cry at other stuff in movies, like, like, but not not at Ricky getting shot. I was just like, oh damn, like, that was
3: like I was like, oh damn, damn, like, that's that's, that. that's, 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 that's cool. <laughs> And it's crazy because
4: I guess it's like, and this is very unfortunate. And I'm going to say this, but like, I guess we're kind of used to things like that happening, maybe. So like when we saw it, it was like. It was still like, damn, that's messed up. You know, he was about to go to college and all that. Yeah.
2: But
3: dang,
4: eh, I mean, it's a it's a depiction of reality.
2: You know, yeah, it's like you're numb to it. I was just like, damn. Like, I, yeah. I feel, and you know, it's one thing that kind of goes left unnoted. Like he's left, you know, obviously, a, well, it wasn't a widow, but it's definitely his girlfriend, mm-hmm. a son to raise. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mom was, you know, really like. I don't think she looked at him as like being a meal ticket. Now, that's one thing I don't think we really talked about, how she treated Doughboy and Ricky so so differently. Ricky was the one that was in school. He wasn't the brightest apple of the bunch, but he was in school. He was really trying to get to, you know, you know uh, to his scholarship for football. And she really was banking on Ricky making it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. She kind of given up hope with Doughboy and she treated him as such
0: yeah I mean she uh, back when they had that fight and she smacked him uh after Ricky got shot uh, yeah. she 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 hugged Doughboy boy for a second and immediately went into what did you do to blame yeah. him um so okay. while we got while we got the depiction of a great father I mean honestly if you look at this and i I didn't think about this before I'm saying it now this has to be one of the only black movies where the mothers were depicted in a negative light like look at it. Uh Ricky and Doughboy's mom. And then also Trey's mom, who dropped him off and was basically playing the role of an absentee father, only seeing her son on weekends. Yeah, towards the end of the movie, she wanted him to come live with her, but at that point he was already grown.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. And and she did well, I won't I won't, you know, bash that. It's just she wanted to you know, get a career taken off, and she felt that Trey would be better off suited with his father. And it's interesting because they were both young parents. They're, they were only seventeen when they had Trey.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So you know, the fact that Furious was so you know wise beyond his years. I mean, in theory, he was only thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, he was only thirty four, thirty five when you know all this is going on, and you know he's you know he's running his own business. Like he was a very you know wise, intelligent you know young man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, and I mean, it's it's still, though, like, I have, I can't think of another movie, unless you're, you're talking something like Precious, where the mother is specifically supposed to just come off terrible, that we really see black mothers depicted in such a negative light. Like, even if you want to take away Trey's mom, but still with Doughboy, she treated Doughboy like complete shit. Yes,
2: yes, she did. She really yeah, did. that made him act out, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I think if she just found a way to love him, I <laughs> because it, it showed how uh, how uh, differently they were treated as children and that's why Doughboy did what he did <laughs> and it never you know I don't know
0: love your children I mean, I mean, I mean that's, that's what you take right. away but go ahead Johnny
2: yeah I mean yeah that's what it comes down to
4: It's like you can't you know for parents who have multiple children you can't love each child the same because the children aren't the same so you have to, I guess, play to what the child likes and try to encourage them to continue on in the path of, of whatever it is that they like. You know, she pushed um Ricky, you know, to do the football, go to college and all that. Now, I'm not sure what uh Ice Cube's character liked outside of, you know shooting uh drinking or whatever but you know i'm sure she could have found something to push him in a in a better path you know and it's stuff that ricky's the one that got shot
0: yeah and the only time that she really anything loving towards doughboy showed is is towards the not the beginning of the movie but once they have the barbecue and she talks to trey and she's like hey talk to him talk to him maybe maybe he can learn something from you she seemed like a caring mother there but everything else in the movie was just basically like fuck doughboy
2: yeah that, that is true that is very true
0: so uh, to talk about some of the, um, the numbers with this movie, this movie was, is number seven and the top black film on this list of movies to never have a wide release, uh, overall gross. I mean, the movie grossed $56 million on a $5 million budget in 19, what, 91. That's, that's huge. And especially, yeah, to, to only be a limited release, it didn't even show in a thousand theaters. Like nowadays, even back then, looking at 1990, um, the wider releases were on 2000 plus screens. This one didn't even breach a thousand and look at what it's been able to do.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. crazy. So, I mean,
0: it it just goes to show just the cultural effect. And I, and I always say this with black film is that I think a, the the black audience are attracted to it because it's a good movie. They see themselves in the characters, but white people are also were also, some were attracted to this movie because it gave them a peek inside black culture. And it, it, as much as this didn't depict all of it, I think that all black film to a, to a sense, if it's going to be successful, you have to have a white base of some sort. And, uh... Yeah, oh, yeah that, that
2: is true. That is true. Um, you definitely have to have a, a mix of white support in order for your movie to have a measure of success. And I think because the movie was so raw and gritty, like we, we already discussed it showed, you know, the African American experience just a little bit differently. And then you're talking about from the West Coast perspective too. I think mm-hmm. we've only seen it from different perspectives, probably the East Coast or maybe a down South situation. But those were kind of like, especially with down South stuff, maybe it was like a period piece or like a you know civil rights Jim Crow type of thing. Uh, but you're talking about the you know the late '80s, early '90s in South Central Los Angeles. That's a different monster.
4: Would would this be the first movie to depict like culture? On the west side of the country?
2: Mm, I, I won't go so far to say the first. Uh, Cause you know, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I haven't been thinking about that, but that was just kind of something that came to me. But I think to show it like that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it I think it is. Like I mean 1990. I can't think of anything that would have come out before it. It's like everything kind of built off this. This this may have may it may be the first one. I'd have to do more research on that.
2: Yeah, cuz like South Central or, you know, uh what's the other? Minister Society, those are West Coast based films. I think they came after the Boys and Hood. Yeah, they did. Okay. Um,
0: so, I mean, okay. What was your what were your favorite scenes respectively from this movie? Uh Ralph, I'll let you take this one away first. Your favorite scene in the movie.
2: My wow. favorite scene. <laughs> I I like when uh Trey was lying about the fact that he had sex with a girl to his dad. Like I thought that was hilarious. Like He made up this whole scenario about how it happened. Oh, I was down on his show and she, you know, she was looking at me, you know, and all that. And then (laughs) Furious was reading right through his ass, but he just let him go. Like, he just let him talk about it. And then, you know, he said he didn't use, you know, he said he didn't use protection either. So it was like it, it. it showed like that dynamic that we were talking about the the father and son thing. And then, you know, it went from like jokingly to being serious because, you know, I don't want you to come up in here with any children like I did or come in here with something that, you know, a STD. So I like that scene. I kind of leave it at there because it was like a whole bunch of other scenes, but that's just something that definitely stuck out to me, though.
0: Yeah, true. What about you, Johnny?
4: So my, my favorite scene is the scene where Lawrence Fishburne's character is um talking to Ricky and his son about gentrification. Like when they walked up to that billboard and he started explaining, like, you know, I, I forgot what the billboard said, but it was basically saying that the area is about to get gentrified Uh, and him explaining to those two and then like the rest of the people that were there in the community at the time like you know we need to somehow purchase all of this stuff for ourselves so we can keep it within our community instead of having other people come in and basically push us out because that's one thing that I've been like heavily thinking about even here in my hometown um, for the past few years is like that's something we really need to do, like for real. Yeah. Cause I feel like, I, so to your listeners, uh, Hayes, uh, me and Robert from East St. Louis, Illinois. And, um, I feel like that's what's about to happen there really soon. Game, game, so, gang,
2: gang, gang. No, I'm
4: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I like, I want to try to get some property before the whole thing just gets, gen- before the whole thing gets gentrified. Cause I don't want to see that happen at all. So yeah, that was my favorite scene.
0: Uh, yeah a good scene but you just got deep with it i mean gentrification is is no joke and it's and it's real still to this day and i think a lot of people may not realize how real it is um i mean we just went through the same thing um in in st louis where i just moved from uh in uh what's that area it, it's happening in jennings you know they bought a lot of the property in jennings and a lot of those houses they tore down a whole row of houses to rebuild houses and they're not selling those back to black people no not at all so just 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 keep in mind that stuff's still going on. But since you guys took both of my favorite scenes from the movie, <laughs> I mean, and this isn't really a scene, but this would be the next one. And it was powerful. And it's the end of the movie, like that conversation between Doughboy and Trey at the end of the movie. And then how they had it come on the screen that, you know, Doughboy was murdered two weeks later and Trey went on to college with his girlfriend. Like, I, I just think that to, to see how these kids all basically grew up in the same area and how two of them, two out of three of them are dead. And only one of them makes it out. I just, that that was just poignant in my opinion. And and it spoke to me. Yeah. I
3: agree.
2: Definitely, I totally agree that. Yeah. That was a powerful scene. Like, you know, especially when he was just, you know, he, I don't, it showed like, I don't think Doughboy ever had like any expression of sadness. And then like, when you're sitting there talking to Trey, you know, they didn't even show my brother's death on the, on on the news last night. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, you know, that, I could feel that it was like, damn, they don't care about nothing that happens here. And this, and this is one of the good, you know, like good ones that you know was unfortunately killed. Nothing.
0: Right. Yeah, man, and and oh yeah, and also them showing that he actually scored over seven hundred, which was needed to get his scholarship. Like, yeah. man, it's yeah. it's a powerful movie, man. Any anyone who, like I said, maybe hasn't seen it in a while, or maybe saw it when they were younger and don't really realize how powerful it is, go back and watch it as an adult. This movie's crazy, man. It, it's crazy powerful, but you know that—that's us talking about boys in the hood. Um, we also are here to talk, and and I, Ralph, I told you this, and Johnny, hopefully you prepared too. Hopefully, hopefully I prepared my list right. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the top top five African American led films. Let's let's give it to the people. Uh, Johnny, you go first.
4: All right. So I didn't put these in any particular order. Okay. So is that okay?
0: Yeah, that's fine.
4: Okay. Cool. All right. So. And in no particular order, I have um, I have Friday, I have Set It Off, I have uh, Shaft, the one with um, crap. How come I can't think of Samuel Jackson? Yeah, there you go, there you go, <laughs> with Samuel okay. Jackson, uh, Low Down Dirty Shame, and Coming to America.
0: All right, I, I I love that list. What about you, Ralph?
2: Uh, I actually put mine in order, so I don't care. This this is my top five. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Now I got a number five. I got Dead Presidents. Okay. Uh, Number four, I have the wood. Number three, this is interesting. Um, it's an African, um, like African American lead film. Hold on, sorry about
0: that. You're good. We got the power okay. of editing on our side. We're good.
2: Got it. Okay. <laughs> now, um, with that, is just um I picked the African American lead film. I picked Beverly Hills Cop 2. Okay. I think that's. A dope sequel. Like I don't really care for one. Two is like what you know what really put Eddie Murphy in a different life. You're talking about um, a comedic actor going in you know a, a a true comedian going into being like an actor and making it work because everything else was kind of like slapstick comedies. But you know that's another story. Uh, number two, I did put Boys in the Hood. We can't sit here and talk about Boys in the Hood like this. <laughs> and not and it not being my at least my top five of the way because I do feel a way about it. And number one, I have Malcolm X.
0: Uh, Okay, (laughs) I like that. I like that. So let me get into my list. At number number five, I got "Do the Right Thing." Okay, Um, I I love that movie. Love that movie. Uh, At number four, I have "Boys." I almost said "Boys to Men." "Boys in the Hood." (laughs) Got "Boys in the Hood" at number four. Number three, Mm -hmm. coming coming to America. Okay. All right. Um, Number two, "The Color Purple." Mm, I get I get pissed off when seeing that that damn movie. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That and, and what is it? 40, 20 years of slave or whatever? That shit. I, I... Yeah, that's one of the movies that have made me cry.
2: I haven't seen 20 Years a Slave, yet, and I probably won't. Wait, do you guys mean Twelve Years a Slave? It's Whatever it is, years. yeah, Twelve oh, Years oh, a Slave. I wanted to make sure that it was, a, it was another movie that I was. <laughs> I was just shaking. No, no, I I still haven't seen it yet. No, I, I haven't completely. seen
0: it. Either. Yeah, probably. I don't
4: have, I don't have a desire to see it.
0: Yeah. <sighs> oh man, that um. So Twelve Years a Slave, you put that on, and then um, the the movie oh, what. The chick who plays Annalise on How to Get Away with Murder, she had that that movie. Uh, is it the Help? Yeah, the Help. Yeah. yeah, those two movies back to back will get me ready to ride. I'm just, yeah. just being dead serious. Like, just get me ready to ride. But uh, no. Oh man, number one, Friday. That's my oh, shit, okay. man. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> I wanted to put uh, Django in my top five. <laughs> If any slave movie gets anywhere near my top five, that's it. <laughs> just saying.
0: <laughs> oh man, that movie
1: <laughs>
2: a complete trip.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, it is a complete trip. I remember the first time I saw that movie, I was just like, I I don't know how to process this. I think I had to see it like two times before I really knew how to process everything I just saw. Um, because yeah, that movie has a little bit of every fucking thing in it, man. Um. <laughs> But, all right, so the segue from that as we get ready to end. I wanted to get you know talk about black film overall, and uh specifically, if you guys have any black actors or black directors or anything that that specifically you guys look out for that's that's really doing it for you right now, um to go ahead and give some time to list that off and just talk about black film overall, Ralph, I'll come to you first
2: um, I say right now, um will Packer is really doing a lot of quality projects um uh, producer. Uh, he's not a director, but he's a producer. Like, he, like, I, I just saw Almost Christmas with, um, Pat Gabriel Union, Monique, uh, Danny Glover, DC Young Fly. It was a really good movie. And it's like, when you see, some, sometimes, and this is my fault, when I see black films, I'm like, uh, <laughs> but let it be in the white cast. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I should rock with it. And it's the exact same film, but it's more relatable because it's a a, a group of people that look just like me, that think like me, that talk like me, so it's very relatable. Um, I just think the state of black cinema is very powerful right now. Um, I enjoy it; um, it has staying power. There's a lot of movies out here that are really, really good, and I enjoy it. That's all I got.
0: <laughs> all right, Johnny.
4: The one, <clears throat> the one black actor that I would go see in any movie that he's in, I would say, is Will Smith. I can't count too many. Bad Will Smith movies. I mean, there are a few, but I can't, like, I don't think there are more than like five. Or well, maybe I'm tripping.
2: Wow, Wild, Wild West was trash. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, to I just want to pull cool, one bad movie out there. I just want to-
4: <laughs> <laughs> um That and uh, the joint with, his, with him and his son After Earth
2: or some shit like that. Oh, I, was about, to say, oh, yeah. I was about to say, damn, bro! Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I this uh, no, no, no.
3: Yeah, After Earth Yeah, but
2: right. yeah,
4: but, like, those are two I can think of on the top of my head. But that's one actor I really, I really check for, and one actor I plan to check for in the future. And I'm sure we may all agree on this: is Tiffany Haddish.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Like, yes. yeah. She. Yeah. I hope she gets the 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 type of roles that she needs to propel her into superstardom because she's definitely a superstar. She hasn't made it there yet, but she's on her way. She's definitely yeah, on her.
0: Way. Definitely. I mean, yeah, the, first of all, black comedians, black female comedians. At that, it's something special about a black woman who can stand the front and to, and really command scenes like that. in um, that movie was it Girls Trip is that whatever yeah. it was that yeah. that was her movie like and she oh, okay. held her own with some of the biggest black actresses of all time in there and sh- that was her movie she made that film work She did. Uh, um but for me my list i got um as far as actors i got a few here so prepare okay. uh i got lupita okay. okay i got lupita uh michael b jordan okay <laughs> all right and Chad.
4: Oh, sorry both of them are in, in the upcoming black panther movie i just want to point
0: that out oh we're getting ready to get into that and chad <laughs> chadwick boseman who is also in black panther yes. and then and, and i didn't realize until i was making this list and trying to go through and look at look at their uh filmography and then uh like yes they're all in black panther the fact that they even had the boss to name that movie black panther i know that's the name of the character that's the name of the comic book but the fact that they did that and held to that name because they could have backed down from that says a lot. And yes. and then as far as directors, the director of Black Panther, Ryan Coogler, look at what look at his body of work already. Fruitvale yes. Station, Creed, and he's yes. doing Black Panther like yes. it's just just amazing, yes. man. Amazing. Creed was an amazing movie. Creed amazing, was
2: great- yes, yes,
0: it was. And, and it says a lot that. Sylvester Stallone is writing the next Rocky movie, and he's waiting. He's slowing down. He's not going in production, waiting for Ryan Coogler to be able to direct the
4: movie. That's what's up.
0: That's that's what's up, man. Yeah, man. So th- there's a lot to be said um, there, and then also, I mean, how can we forget Peele, like the director oh, yeah. of Get Out? Okay. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the guy he's yeah. he just signed. I think it's with parents with some some uh, production studio, but. He, they got a first look deal with him for a hundred million dollars and he's only directed one movie. Man, so yeah, he's, you he's definitely the- on my watch out list for that. Yeah. All right, yeah. fellas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. fellas. I mean, it, it, like you said, it, it's a, it's a good time for black cinema. It's, it's definitely on the rise and they're, they're letting black directors in Hollywood like they never have before. And I mean, it's, it's, it's power. In that. And hopefully it continues. Hopefully they, they don't. And the thing with that is, and it sucks to say is that, Ryan Coogler, all three of the movies that he's done so far. Well, Black Panther isn't released yet, but it's a Marvel movie. So, you know, that's that's going to do at least 800 million Mm -hmm. off the rip. Um, But the sad thing to say is that if they have one flop, one flop, it may throw off their whole career. And you can only say that about black directors specifically, like white directors. And this is not to make it um, a race thing, but seriously, white directors. I mean, look, look at, um, and he's not white, but uh, the director of After Earth, like he had four movies in a row that were fucking terrible. He nailed it with, he nailed it with, uh, with Split, and now he's back on top.
2: Oh, oh yeah, I didn't know he directed After Earth. I'm
0: yeah, trailing.
2: he did After Earth. Is that is that yeah. my Shyamalan or my mm-hmm. tripping?
0: Yeah, he did yeah. After Earth. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: And then, yeah. um, I mean, like he's trash. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I mean. Look! Look at! Look at John Singleton. Like he directed uh, Boys in the Hood, what we were just talking about. He had one flop with Four Brothers. I don't think he's made a movie since.
2: Four well, Brothers was a well. Oh, I guess from a uh, box office standpoint, a flop. I thought it was a good movie.
0: I love Four Brothers. I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm just talking from from strictly from box office because I love that movie.
2: Okay. Okay. Hmm, Interesting. <laughs> right. I'm thinking like he, John Singleton hasn't directed another movie since then. And that was what 2000. Let's say what five, six, somewhere in there.
0: Uh, let's see. Let me let me make sure. Let me let me check my facts. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it looks he's directed Four Brothers in 2005, and then all he's directed since then is Empire, which is a TV show, American Crime Story, another TV show, and Rebel, another TV show. He hasn't had a movie.
4: Wow.
0: oh, That's crazy. And, I mean, let's look at what he directed before uh, Four Brothers. He directed Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Rosewood, Shaft, Baby Boy, and Too Fast, Too Furious.
2: Then Rosewood? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about movies that, like, I want to ride. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rosewood. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Oh, no, you're fine, man. You're fine. Just Yeah, it's crazy, man. One flop. One flop. After all, all those great movies that he had and cult classics that he's had, one flop, haven't let him direct another movie.
4: Damn, that's that is crazy. I never, I never thought about that, but it makes perfect sense though. Makes perfect sense.
0: So you're not you're
2: not allowed that, you know, as a black actor. I mean, black uh, director. You're not
0: allowed that. Yeah. yeah, very true. Well, fellas, I appreciate you guys coming. I think I originally told Ralph we try to keep this at twenty minutes. Of course, we went over that because there's a lot to talk about. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, bef- no, you're good, man. Before we uh go, I definitely want you guys. Ralph was already on here uh talking about oversaturated the podcast once, but since you guys are back, go ahead and pitch your podcast. Let I've gained a lot of listeners since then. So any listeners I have that may not be familiar with you guys, go ahead and tell them a little bit about your show.
2: You got it, Johnny?
4: Or uh, I guess I'll take it. Um, so. <laughs> We are Oversaturated the podcast where we discuss music, movies and pop culture. Um we're a bi-weekly podcast. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play and TuneIn Radio. Um check out our website Oversatthepod.com. Uh uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> it um <laughs> it has uh the links to all of our episodes and the links to our social media, uh, all our social media accounts as well and uh, we have merch coming soon so we hope you guys take a listen, and we hope you guys like it. Um, and if you like it, leave us a review, and uh, we'll shout you out on the podcast.
0: Damn, can't get much better than that. <laughs> I still got to blow that comment section up. I need to find a comment section oversaturated to just blow the shit out of it up. Um, <laughs> but tell the people where they can find you guys. Johnny, go ahead.
4: Um, I'm most active on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is um J-O-N two underscores and the letter B. <clears throat> um, and then you can follow the social media handles. Uh let me make sure I say I'm right. We're on Facebook, um, at Oversaturated the Podcast, on Instagram, oversat the podcast, Twitter, oversatpodcast, and then our email is oversatpodcast
2: at gmail dot com.
0: That's what's up. Ralph.
2: Oh, uh, if you, if you guys just want to follow me, uh, you know my you know my social media accounts. Uh, I'm the mind of Ralph at everything. So, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow me, the mind of Ralph. Well,
0: right there now, you have
3: it's it. Lit. <laughs> 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 it's, Ralph, it's lit.
0: I'm going to have to get on the Snapchat. That's the one place I don't have you on Snapchat. All I know, and if you, if I have to see this whole free water thing you like posting every day, we know you get free water at work, damn it, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my,
2: hey, I still water every day at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: but all right, fellas, thank you for joining me as always. Listeners, check them out. And, uh, that, that has been the film and TV section where we've just talked about just film today. But thank you for listening and we are out. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. Hopefully we did justice to such a classic movie. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that whole discussion, especially afterwards talking about, um, just black film in general and, and everything that spun out of that. I always love, um, and if, if you can't, if you haven't noticed, it's what I, I try to do. Uh, with everyone who comes on this podcast is that just versatile people, people that know a little bit or a lot of bit about a lot of things, I should say. And, you know, that, that's what is gonna, cause if Johnny and Ralph, let's say they come back, which, which I'm sure they will, we can talk about a completely different topic, whether it's social issues or music, TV, like we can talk about completely different things and, I I just love being able to have discussions with people like that, and I already gushed about them early enough in the show and what I think about them. Love their podcast. Uh, meeting up this weekend, like I said, it's it's, it's going to be a fun time. Next, uh, well, before we get into what's what's coming next, let me know what movies you guys want to hear review, whether it's classic, new. If you want to hear some discussion or some speculation on some upcoming movies, let me know. You already know the places where to find me, at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Or you can email me. And that's at theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. So check check me out both places there. Get back to me. Let me know what you're thinking, what's on your heart, soul, and mind, and what you want to hear discussed on this podcast. Now, we're getting ready to get into the nitty-gritty. We're getting ready to get into the Stay Woke segment, people me andrew Bello, talking about a few things uh check that one out let me know what you think about it so you're gonna hear the stay woke theme song and then we're gonna get into that uh that discussion so here we go no, stay
3: woke stay woke
0: stay woke stay woke stay woke, stay woke. Stay woke. What would yet another episode of The Waking Soul be without the be Andrew Bello? But this time, Andrew, unfortunately, we're not talking about stuff so much fun this week. Um, I mean, let, let's let's just address it off the top. The, we are talking about the shootings in Vegas and and some of the responses, both in the media um, and the political side. And we also have a couple other things we need to touch on. This is your Stay Woke segment. How's it going, Andrew?
5: It's going, man. Yeah. I mean, even though some of the topics that we talk talk about are often fairly deep and complicated, they're they're usually pretty fun for me, at least anyway, and I'm sure for you as well cuz you keep having them on your show. But uh yeah, like this one is there's just there's nothing good about this situation. Um it's you know, I, I literally woke up, I always have the news on when I wake up, and I woke up yesterday morning and it was the first thing I saw. I guess I hadn't been watching television up to that point. It's like yes, this is this is just absolutely terrible. But uh I guess we'll get into some of the reactions about it. Where do you want to start?
0: I mean, let let's start just from just from the beginning. Do you remember where you were or what you were doing after I mean the first time you heard about this?
5: About this actual event? Yes, the the Vegas yeah. shooting. Yeah, no, that was that was it. I woke up and I was like, you know, I just I just had the news on. And I see at the bottom 50 dead, 500 wounded or something crazy like that. And I'm just what? like, where was this? And then I see Mandalay Bay in the background. It was that's that's shitty, like, because that's something that honestly could have happened like a bunch of times up to this point. You know, like, it's just one of those situations where we have this society and we just sort of hope people aren't evil scumbags. Unfortunately, on this particular Sunday night, we ran into one of those.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it it is and like you said this can happen at any time unfortunately I mean right now and I'm looking at a report that was updated up to four hours ago so th- this could still change because I'm sure there are people still in critical condition um 59 people dead 527 injured um and, and the shooting was done by Stephen paddock I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly um and just to go over some of the facts before we we, we dig into anything else um police uh took 23 weapons from his suite on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay. He had several pounds of uh, of ammunition. Uh looks like he also had ammonium nitrate. Uh, this is a, explosives. Like, this guy was prepared to really, really do some damage. And as bad as it was, I don't want to make light of it. Like, the, the shooting, this incident was terrible. But considering the guy had explosives and he was in a hotel room, I mean, a hotel. Like, it could have been much worse. Who knows what else he had planned if for some reason he wouldn't have got caught. Luckily, uh, it seemed like authorities were on top of him and kind of got it figured out pretty quickly. Um, But, uh, I mean, anything to say on that, Bello?
5: I mean, yeah. It is obviously the the people affected. It's horrible. But, yeah, when you look at that kind of artillery, basically, it could have been a whole hell of a lot worse. So... You know, it's it's just another testament to our first responders and the the police and the firefighters and the you know the National Guard or whoever ends up getting involved in these types of situations. You know, they 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 managed to minimize some some serious damage here by getting to this guy um, before he did anything even worse than what he already did. So, I mean, there are some pictures that have leaked online of the crime scene and it's you know it looks like there's just a rifle like every five feet on the ground like it's just crazy this room this this you know kill box this guy had created it's 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 sad to think that people even exist like this
0: exactly and, and so we just went over some of the facts and this is where we need to go over some of the fiction and, and this is some of the stuff circulating around on social media and message boards and wherever else. Um, there, there was some talk going around that the gunman could have been a far left liberal, uh, and he was a a, a racial Maddow fan, uh, which is, is, has no, no basis at all. Um, that he had t- ties to ISIS. Again, this is not founded at all. And, uh, at one point there was, um, rumors going around that there were multiple gunmen. Again, there's been no evidence to point, uh, to the fact that, that he acted any anything other than alone. Um, I mean, so now that we've gone over some of the facts, some of the fiction, uh, just coming out of all this, and you know, as everyone says, this this freaking turns political when it doesn't necessarily need to. Um, just your thoughts on on the the shitstorm that has come out of it in the media, and and you know, pulling the politics into this.
5: Yeah, this is um, it, it was. Obviously, sad. You go online, you see the thoughts and prayers tweets is is relatively meaningless as those ultimately are at the end of the day. But then you see the ones next to it that are like, this is hashtag gun control, Uh, you know, just the hashtag. This is terrorism. Um, just because random, look, I feel like at 2017, when we say terrorism in the United States, I think we all sort of generally assume radical Islamic terrorism. The fact that this guy is being referred to as a lone wolf is some sort of sign of white supremacy and the, the white male patriarchy and like the crazy outrageous reactions that people have to things like this when it's just, you know, this is sad. Can we all just be sad for 24 hours at least before we start pushing political agendas behind this hillary clinton was herself was like doing something she said something about imagine if this guy had a silencer because there's active legislation right now trying to be passed about banning silencers really like the the bodies aren't even cold yet and this woman's trying to make it politicized it's that's that's messed messed up and I mean, this guy is a terrorist. I'll say it. I don't know if any, I don't know if you're going to be hard pressed to find a, a police officer that wouldn't tell you this was an act of terrorism. Um, it was it just as evil as anything we've just about ever seen in this country. So, uh, I mean, there's no two ways about that. I think, you know, unfortunately, there could be th- th- a moment like this could be something that is going to ultimately unify people and as horrible as it is maybe the little ray of sunshine around it could have been that we all got around something whatever it was but to immediately politicize this whole thing is it's just disgusting really
0: exactly and i I completely agree with you too it's it's you know to pull the whole gun control I get it that is definitely something that needs to be discussed in this country and you know, I know it's a heavy topic on both sides of the spectrum, but when it's something like this, how about let's just put all that to the side? Like you said, let's just take time to be sad. I mean, this was a mass, massive loss of lives and injuries, and this is where a time that we all need to try to come together. And like I said before, luckily, the authorities were able to hop on it quickly. Um But this is just I mean, it, it's it's really it's really saddening to think that our leaders, can't take enough time out you know to really help like how about show up at the hospital and talk to some of the families that were affected something where we're throwing shots at each other over this political landscape for for something where people Americans lost their lives they're lost their lives now we're busy pushing whether we should have silencers or not This is not and and I mean there's nothing to prove I, I I don't believe anything's come out none of these guns were registered at all, so you know gun control. <laughs> man it's it's just yeah it's 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 disturbing it's disturbing that this is what our our leaders are really spending their time on with something like this but go ahead
5: yeah i mean i i guess it's still pretty fresh for us but maybe by the time people actually listen to this enough time has passed so do we do we want to go into the gun do, gun control conversation or is that just too heavy right now because uh, honestly I'm looking at it from a lot of people online and they're 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 obviously having emotional reactions to this. And this is why I always say things like, you know, the, the law doesn't care about your feelings. Well, your feelings shouldn't impact how you legislate either. So to even if even if in, in your heart of hearts, you're not trying to just push democratic agendas or whatever that case may be. And you really honestly feel that gun control is a serious issue. Is today the, the time that you really want to be making that decision? You know, like, let's let's get a level head about ourselves and have this conversation if there's a conversation to even be had.
0: Yeah, I- exactly. And like you said, no decisions that should be made while being emotional, especially not decisions and legislation that's going to affect the way we live our lives. And so to try to do it at this time is just really distasteful. How about let's let it all settle down and then we can um, make the proper uh, escalations or moves to, to stop stuff like this from happening in the future but to try to go right into it 12 hours later and try to d- decide laws that should be made is just it's nonsensical and i don't care if you're a democrat or a republican or anything else in between if you are sitting here trying to push anything this soon after something like this happened uh you're a piece of shit in my opinion and, and that that just that's across the board
5: yeah you you probably saw on Twitter, I literally just went on a rampage of just highlight, like, people that were just going on this, I immediately just had, like, the same response I was copying and pasting that people be like, okay, A, like, all of the, like, the, the, they're calling for gun control in a situation where the guns that were used here were already illegal. So, like, sorry, but no amount of laws was going to stop this because the, the guy, there was already laws in place that didn't stop him. Murder is illegal. Uh, terrorism is illegal. Having these types of machine guns is illegal. Explosives illegal. None of that really stopped this particular instance. So firing back with with that and then being like, dude, like, it, it's also not even 24 hours within what just happened. Can we can we can we get a minute again? could we just get a minute to be sad about this?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, okay, let, let, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit. About gun control, um, I, I know I had just said that it's it's distasteful to really to try to push it uh politically in, in a time like this, but you know, I mean, we we'd be remiss not to at least talk about our thoughts on gun control a little bit. I, I we both kind of already, I mean, we went into it a little bit. This gun control wouldn't have stopped this. This guy had illegal weapons. There's always gonna like no matter what legislation you pass, there's always gonna be illegal weapons in this country. Let's let's just deal with the reality of that there's there's almost no way to completely eliminate it so in a situation like this i don't think like pushing the whole gun control thing is necessarily all the way on topic i get it to an extent but but some of this is is way out of bounds in this situation but what are your thoughts bill
5: yeah i think it it goes beyond gun control like you said it's a it's terrorism which is already illegal um in other countries we're now getting people driving you know cars into crowds of people do we then outlaw cars um you know it's just that the the, the, to draw the line immediately from this guy used the gun to guns all need to be banned altogether it's it's extreme It's, it's it's a little bit over the top and again i think a lot of it's emotional and if it's not emotional and it's calculated that's even worse like we were talking about before but i mean my my thoughts on gun control or it's, you know, Second Amendment is the Second Amendment for a reason. It's there to protect your First Amendment that that the, that law was put in place so that in the event that our government ever turns on us, we're armed. Like, that's exactly why that's there. Is that insanely pertinent today because we wouldn't stand a chance anyway? No, but it's still there for that reason. And it you know, I, I'm not in favor of government getting any more involved in anything ever than they already are. So it, to add another gun law to the already existing stack of gun laws is not something I'm personally in favor of.
0: There you go. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add on that because that that's pretty much my exact thoughts as well. Um, but, you know, as, as sad as this situation is, let's, let's move a little bit away from this. This is a Stay Woke segment where we do talk uh, deeper topics in politics and news. Um, so before we started recording, you brought up uh, us talking a little bit about the response in, uh, Puerto Rico and, and things of that sort. Um, so I'm going to let you take this one away and I'm going kind to of, kind of respond to your thoughts because I, I know you, you probably have way more to say on it than what I do, but go ahead, Bello.
5: Yeah. Um, well, I just think I'm look, I'm looking online again, Reddit, unfortunately I didn't scroll down to the comment section on this particular occasion and people are looking at this Puerto Rico and Virgin islands hurricane situation, like Donald Trump is just sitting on his hands somewhere laughing maniacally at the ceiling because brown people are dying. Like that is not the case. That is far from the case. Uh, Trump and the administration have been in contact with the governor of Puerto Rico since before the storm. Uh, FEMA's been down there, multiple federal agencies, millions of meals, millions of bottles of water, this, that, and the other thing. Like it's it's a shit storm because it was literally a storm that just completely turned these islands to shit. But he he's doing what he needs to do in this situation. And then when I see um, the mayor of San Juan crying on television, we need help. People here are dying. Yes, all of that's true. But none of that is the fault of the administration here. And if she's so damn concerned about it, she's sure has a lot of time to be talking to Anderson Cooper about it when she could be helping people. She had time to make a nifty T-shirt that says, help us, we're dying, and a nifty hat that says, SOS. If if this is just a complete and utter chaos falling around you like you claim it to be, you should not have the time to do these things. So clearly, she's also, by the way, moaning about not having food and water, literally standing in front of pallets of food and water, This woman is just she's out there for political gain right now, like and she's actually convinced people that Donald Trump is not doing anything about this. It's it's crazy. So I'm sorry. I had to go off on that woman because it was just it was driving me nuts that people were like, she's saying they're dying. Well, yes, they're dying. There's three point seven million people on an island that got hit by a cat five hurricane. I'm sorry, but that's the reality of the situation. We are doing everything we can to prevent further loss of life. But there's only so much that can be done and it's being done. Well, and
0: I, I mean, when you take into consideration too, and I said this to see before we started recording the fact that we've gotten hit with the the worst string of natural natural disasters. Probably, I don't know if it's ever been this much back to back in history. Like, no. Florida's still recovering. Houston, I believe, is still recovering. Of course, not to the levels that Puerto Rico is, but still, they're still recovering. And then we're, we're spreading ourselves. Then we're doing everything that we can i mean could we be doing more sure i mean technically me and you can load up in in a car and a yes. boat and try to go help as best we can and, and give our help but i mean we do have families and ourselves to support so that you have to take all that into consideration there's no way that um we can i mean uh, we we're, we can't automatically take it away like th- there's no magic switch that Trump or anyone else can flip and All of a sudden, everything is is set back to the way it was before. We we have so much that we have to repair right now that it's 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 daunting and there's no way that that no one can do it this quickly. Like, I I believe that, you know, as as quick as we are responding, kudos needs to happen and and be given to the people who are helping. But goddamn, like it's 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 only so much that can be done.
5: Yeah, we're, we're spread a little thin right now in case people aren't paying attention. You got, uh, Houston, Louisiana, Puerto Rico, uh, the, the Virgin Islands, um, uh, but d- several other of those islands down there, which I'm sure whether there are territories or not will end up aiding in some way, shape or form oh, by the way, crazy psychopaths are shooting out of windows at Vegas casinos. There's a guy with a nuclear weapon on the other side of the world that's trying to aim it at us. Like, there's a lot to take into consideration here. As much as I feel for the people of Puerto Rico, we literally can't just drop everything and throw all of our resources at Puerto Rico. It just can't be done.
3: Yeah,
0: and it would be different if we, like you said, Houston, Louisiana, like, if, if these places, Florida didn't get hit, okay, we, we could probably respond maybe twice as much as what we are now but you have to deal with the realities and I think a lot of people aren't uh, really taking that into consideration they're just reacting to things that, that's been put out in the media and let, let's take some time let's slow down let's really think about what's going on now um, but you know you can only spread your resources so thin. but I have to ask you this me you have never had this conversation before at least not to my recollection are you a religious uh-huh. are you a religious man
5: no no, not particularly. I'm uh, unfortunately agnostic. I hate that word. It's just so damn pretentious. But yeah, that's that's my best classification: spiritual, as vague and again pretentious as that may sound.
0: Oh, I, I know, and I can understand. I'm not not here to to judge that at all. I was just I was, uh, no, no. I do a
5: fair uh, amount of that myself. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, no judgment here. You know, me and you were brothers. I wouldn't judge you nonetheless. Anyway, but um, it really is starting to feel. And I hate and I don't want to send anyone into Tizzy. I don't want to be that person who the end is nigh. The end is nigh. But like everything that's going on, both nat- naturally and just people acting like complete madman. We still got the North Korea situation like this. is, It's just scary times living for people who say that we're living in the end of days. It just really makes you think, are we? Because this is crazy. Like it, it, we live in such a crazy time right
5: now we do yeah honestly there are, there have been times in my life where i've looked back and been like man i wish i grew up in the 70s or the late 60s or like even the you know like the 1800s whatever but now i'm like looking at it going like no we live in we live in the craziest possible time like there is just nothing has ever been quite as outlandish as as 2017 in the united states in particular yeah
0: yeah, yeah it tail. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's to come next, Bella? All you got, you got to stay prayed up, hoped up. Whatever you, whatever you do, yeah. just yeah. I mean that's that's the best you can do and protect your family. And uh, yeah, I mean, what else can be said? Is there anything left before we go ahead and wrap this segment up, Bella? And I, as always, I appreciate you coming. Um, I'm glad you knew I, I was going to come to you for this again. We're we're such, so in sync with shit like this. But uh, any anything left to say at
5: all? I do. You, you know, on the, on the Wrestling World Podcast Network, I usually have the Reddit comment of the week. Well, here on, on, on the Awakened Soul, I'm going to go with a 4chan comment of the week. Yes. Um, so th- this is, uh, about the gun control thing. So this gentleman is asking about the gun control issue, talking about the people on the left that politicize this, that are calling for gun control and you know, basically the, the, the Trump hating population. So. According to these people right now, the government has a Cheeto in the office that shouldn't be trusted, but we got to let said Cheeto take all of our guns so he could protect us, even though he's incompetent. And the cops in the military are all racist, but we're going to have them protect us while none of us have any guns anymore. And the law abiding citizens who are (laughs) trusted with guns because they don't obviously go out and harm others on a daily basis, hence law abiding citizens are not allowed guns. I'm I'm not getting any of this. Like I'm just not getting okay. any of this.
0: Okay. <laughs> let's 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 crack this open a little bit. So, let me make sure I understand right. He said that the police and the military and lawmakers are all racist?
5: Well, this is him talking on behalf of the left. Oh, so, he says okay. he says basically um Trump's Trump's like an incompetent buffoon, but we want him to take all of our guns. The cops and the military, they're all racist, but we want them to be the only ones with guns. Like something oh, in this logic you isn't quite making sense yeah. so somebody's gonna have to go ahead and fix that paradox on the left before i'm gonna start hearing their comments on gun control That's <laughs> that's how i feel about it it is a
0: paradox it does create a paradox does does it not um wow but i don't know where you like i, I recently just got back into reddit i'm on twitter as well but i don't know how you get into the things you do sir I've, I've you're on a list like you've reached billy ray valentine levels you are officially on some type of list these crazies come specifically looking for you i believe
5: i will tell you that there was at least i'd say like a 30 percent like fear that if hillary got elected i was going to get black bagged like i was really <laughs> so thankfully that didn't happen for all of us realistically but
0: uh... <laughs> oh man um hey you you never know weirder things have happened um, hopefully this podcast is getting neither one of us blocked. Now, now I got to worry
5: about Zuckerberg getting into the office because God knows he's got all the dirt.
0: Oh, My Facebook
5: man. page is just God like <laughs> on all the lists.
0: Oh God, if Zuckerberg ever gets in the office, I'm fuck, I'm moving back to Italy. Like that. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm moving back to Italy. I hate. I I hate Mark Zuckerberg. You just, you just really hit a nerve. I, I hate that man with a passion. Every time he says something publicly, he talks, he's quoted. I just look at it and I'm like, and this is one of the richest men in the world. Like, he's a, he's a fucking idiot. Like, I just, sometimes I, I have to believe, I have to believe that he says, some of what he says just to make headlines because God knows the man. Besides creating Facebook, doesn't have a, a goddamn claim to his name. But I hate Mark Zuckerberg. You just you hit my nerve. Like I don't think I don't, me, I, don't I don't even think you knew that before. Oh. Now I hate Zuckerberg with a passion. If I had if I knew for a fact there was I wouldn't get arrested for it. And Zuckerberg came to Columbus, Ohio. I would hit him in the knee with a fucking sledgehammer and walk <laughs> the hell off.
5: Well. I'll be revisiting that subject on the red zone. Yes. Oh wow, that was amazing. All right, good. So yeah, fuck suck twenty twenty, all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, uh, how hard is it going to be to run against him? Hey, have you ever seen The Social Network? Okay, you know this guy's an asshole. Would you possibly like?
0: Exactly. Uh, Could you imagine the, the dirt he bring up on his competitors just by going in their Facebook page? Like,
5: that's. See, that's that's some that's some, that's some 1984 stuff right and, there and,
0: like and, and this this is where stuff gets scary like seriously keep keep this in mind how many other things now let you log in using your facebook account that aren't necessarily even facebook Yep. and then think and about how much it. information he can he can he can get on people
5: Yeah. And I do it because it's so much easier than filling out my name and email address again. Just. Yep.
0: Exactly. And and even let's take it a step further. And this is just me because I'm a big Terminator fan. If Facebook creates an A.I. like they're trying to do, Facebook could be Skynet. We could literally Facebook is Skynet. Just think about that for a second.
5: No, totally possible. These are the things I worry about. So when, you know, there's all this other stuff going on, just understand I got that other level where I'm worried about like a, a, a global government, the new world order, um, <laughs> this sort of Skynet, Facebook type stuff. This is why I'm always nervous about everything.
0: I know huh? we, we almost just went into infinite fringe territory. We By the way, did. people check out the infinite fringe on uh, google play stitcher podbean itunes whatever else it's a podcast by our good friend billy ray valentine uh he definitely will give you some stuff on that podcast that will make you uh have to sit back for a minute and just think like i often listen to this podcast and i'm just like this motherfucker now i'm gonna be thinking about this shit all day
5: um (laughs) oh let me do billy ray proud one one quick here is that uh in terms of this whole vegas situation that's going on um right now they are claiming that they're 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 unaware of a motive there is a picture of a note sitting on a coffee table in that hotel room so i'm starting to question whether or not they're telling us everything that's all i'm saying i'm not saying people didn't die i'm not saying it wasn't terrible just saying that they might not be telling us all the facts just yet anyway so yeah they're so that's that's the kind of stuff you got to be keeping an eye out for with with stuff like this and uh yeah I'm sure Billy will be touching on it on the, on the infinite fringe. So it's, so keep an ear out for that.
0: I uh, especially, all right, Bello. we, we did it again. You know, we, we kill it every time. Tell the people if they don't know by this point, I don't know if they ever will, but go ahead and tell them where they can find you.
5: All right. Well, for, for less, deep stuff you can find me on twitter at wwp and bellow for i guess wrestling chatter and if you need to find me for politics you can find me at the andrew Bello. that's t h to the e a n to the d r e w b e double l o
0: and i am ceo hayes you can follow me at ceo h a i z e on twitter and all social media platforms Bello, again i know i've been i've thanked you probably three or four times but thank you oh again. thank you sir thank you <laughs> All right, let's ride out. So that was me and Andrew Bellow chopping it up as we are known to do um, on the Stay Woke segment. I hope you guys enjoy that. Hopefully get something out of it. Um, And, you know, I I didn't mention it at the top of the podcast last week because I actually recorded it before um, the shootings happened and and the news came out there. But, you know, I want to send thoughts and prayers to everyone who um, is affected, uh, who lost their lives and their families and. Like I said, anyone who was affected by the shootings there, um, but, you know, moving on and, and continuing this podcast, we're going to get into, wanted to leave you guys on, on a, on, a, on a higher note, something a little bit more funny, a little bit more entertaining. Um, I had the chance to sit down and talk to the cast of the Sex with Strangers, a grown folks podcast, uh, the host there. And we had a discussion. It, it, like I said, it was majorly funny. Uh, we went into it with the theme. We didn't stick to it too much, which is absolutely fine because I love the way that the segment came out. And uh, hopefully those guys will be back to talk again because um, they're just hilarious but uh yeah we're gonna get into that segment uh, you you already know how we transition here we're gonna get into some music on the other side of that you're gonna hear me talking to the with strangers cast and then after that is gonna be me giving my goodbyes and acknowledgments and uh well wishes so here we go Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of The Awakened Soul, I have three very special guests from a podcast that I listen to that just has me cracking up at work. If I ever get fired, we're going to blame these three. Um, <laughs> first, we got C. Markey. How you doing, C? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Y'all, are silly. Next, we got Jackson in the building. What's going on, Jackson? Yeah! <laughs> And last but certainly not least, we got Juice in the building. What's going on, Juice? Hey,
1: everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> you not nice, nigga. I am, nice. <laughs> I am so nice. I mean, I don't want you to blame us on getting fired, but if you do, we could be down together, babe, and, like,
0: you know, just some things and talk all day and <laughs> home sex. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I, we, I had a topic. I pushed a topic to you talking about dating in 2017 um but i, I really don't want to box us in let's, let's just let's talk some general shit let's have some some fun definitely that's what the awakened soul is about um but i mean so just just to, to go a little bit off that topic um you guys can go one at a time you can shoot off the top of your head it doesn't matter but what do you think is the, the biggest misconception that men and women have with dating in 2017
1: Jackson, you already have something? I mean, I, I mean, listen. he looks like he has something first. You. you. can go first if you want to. I, mean,
3: I just think, like, niggas be wanting to smash and bitches be wanting to get married. And it's just a disconnect. And, like, when niggas want to get married, bitches think it's a game. When they think it's a lie, or they think they don't believe it. Or when, a dude is a good dude. Chicks don't believe it. They think it's a game. And niggas are scared to get played. Niggas are scared to kiss a chick in her mouth who they think she's been sucking dick like
1: that. last <laughs> night. No, no, I just think that people forget that what dating is. Is. Like it's just the you know dating is used to court people and get to know one another and we put so much pressure on it. Women wanting, wanting it to be more after the first day, wanting these crazy extravagant, extravagant dates, and forget the point of dating, which is you know getting to know one another.
3: I definitely That's think, uh, I definitely think women kind of want to go from zero to sixty, zero to hundred, and dudes kind of like yo, know, <laughs> the happiest people in the world. Right? Nigga, how you know? Because Louis she facetimed that shit. He was like, "You know, never met two people who happy and they like, uh." Anyway, well, why you think dating is bullshit
0: though? Why do you did you ask us? Why you think is bullshit? I don't. I I don't To me, I think a lot of people now date just to date. Like they feel that dating is going to fill some void in them. And this is just my take, fill some void in, in, that they have in their life. And I truly think that the only way dating or any relationship can work, if you don't necessarily focus on just what you can get out, but you focus on what you want to give to that person. And a lot of people don't think that. They they selfishly want things from certain relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. marriages, and everything. And if that's the way you look at it, you're destined to fail, in my opinion.
1: Hmm. I get it, I get it. But I mean, you don't have to be out there anymore dating like you don't have to do that anymore I'm here
3: <laughs> and we can
1: go on Skype I'm with it I like to go to the library sometimes Barnes and Noble I heard uh, a good movie on Netflix we can watch together virtually
0: <laughs> <laughs> where, where are
1: you from? you in
0: St.
1: Louis uh, right?
0: no 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 I, I moved from St. Louis oh, I live in Columbus right. now yeah Columbus Ohio um out? <laughs> <Y'all, yeah. laughs> okay.
1: Listen,
0: every Wednesday, Jackson
1: pick up my trash. God bless. <laughs>
0: but uh, y'all are crazy, man. Um, so sexual strangers, you know, I I do listen. Um, but for anyone who listens to my podcast, who may not necessarily listen. Just summarize. What is "Sex with Strangers," oh, a grown folks podcast? Let me make sure I say the whole name. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, "Sex with Strangers," a grown. Is Fol- oh, I, he, I, I, oh
0: I, I said it already.
1: I said, oh, it's "Sex <laughs> with Strangers," a grown folks podcast. It's basically black millennials talking about sex and relationships, and those two things put together is just comedic as fuck. Because we just don't know, like we're experiencing, you know, all of this as we're talking about it. Most of the time, especially me, and so. um you know, you've heard my stories on the show before. They're fucking horrible. <laughs> so I live a horrible, ridiculous life. But I mean, that's changed now that we met. Um, and are you in a committed relationship with him? Dude? No, he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. Get on some ass, not me. You girl. like church? It don't matter. No, I mean, but, you know, we just kind of, we, we, we found like a, people really don't talk about sex. Um, I find that, especially in relationships and just dealing with people, sex is something that is, even though sex is everywhere now in the media, everywhere you turn, no one really gets in depth about who they are sexually. And I think that's what our show does. We, we, we go in and talk about things that maybe even I like was once insecure about talking about. Um, and it's like that for a lot of people. So, you know, I, I feel like we kind of put that platform out there for people to be like, you know what? I like dick, too. All the time. From Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I can say, you can say that now. I kind of feel like, you know, our listeners, they, they fuck with us because we're relatable. And they, they see a little bit of themselves in one of us, if not all of us. And that's what we're just trying to do. We're just trying to relate to people and, you know, get people talking and not being so, you know, uptight about these conversations. Even if you're not a sexual person, um, I do think it's very important for you to still, you know, talk about these things and get to know your, your partner sexually and what they like and what they don't like, etc. cetera. Um, what I like
3: about it is, like, the way that sex and dating kind of ties into, kind of ties into one another, in my opinion is like a lot of people are comfortable talking about sex amongst their friends, about the people they're having sex with, but they're uncomfortable talking to the people that they're actually fucking. Exactly. Yeah. Which doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because, I mean, I, and I feel like I'm guilty, I've been guilty of that myself sometimes, where it's like, I could be complaining about like, damn, like this chick don't give me enough head, or it's not nasty enough, she don't take the splash, or blah, blah, blah. But I don't ever tell I wouldn't tell her that because you can just be afraid of like hurting somebody's feelings or you can be afraid of how they're gonna take it. Or you just be afraid of like, you know, bitches is crazy, so like you just be afraid <laughs> of that, you know, you might get sad or say, or you know, you you never know what it is and like that fear just kinda cripples you of like being able to be completely open with the person that you proudly fucking wrong, which don't make no fucking sense. It really doesn't, but like I it just feel don't. like a
1: lot of us do that shit. Yeah. 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 The podcast for me, it's helped me like be more open with myself and be like, Oh, I do like this, I do like that and be more open with the person that I'm sleeping with to tell them like I like extra nasty shit. Yeah, like like, like, like licking ass and egg, right? You know no, I mean? that's that's a- no ain't nobody licking no ass. I mean, yeah, licking ass or fucking getting fucked in the butt. Like, I mean, some of us are. I, my, like, <laughs> I mean, that's something that you like. Like some of us are. Like, like I need my eyebrows.
3: No, right? <laughs> so no, the right word is not "some" because then that would include me. Me, <laughs> that's right. juice is not with it means, Me and I thought you ate ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but Roberta,
1: like, he's not. Yeah, he. Oh, I'm not doing that either. I'm sorry if that's what you like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll take a few tanks tiller and we'll see what's up. But I don't know if that's something I I'll like you from ADDs from it. Don't worry about
3: it. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't watch don't your
1: jackson out. Out. No, I don't. <inaudible> but I I lie. I lie. I lie. <laughs> I'm lying. Like, oh like. like yeah. this, this is this, oh, this is us. and this is this is why people love this so much, I guess. Love
0: them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I appreciate you guys taking time out your busy schedule, even though uh, somebody stood me up a couple weeks ago. But we're not going to hold that against anybody. So sorry
3: <laughs>
1: about that, you know, I didn't, she need didn't
3: know she you was do. this fine, so now she not going to see you. Listen, she apologized. She I'm apologized. calling you back tonight. <laughs> you looking at the screen from outside? Yes. <laughs> 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 oh I'm like, I'm
1: like this is from philly to Ohio. Seven
0: hours seven hours how
1: many there i need to know because i don't
0: have a job i'm ready though <laughs> y'all silly <laughs> oh man. Alright. So before we go, we be I'd be remiss if not to let you guys at least shout out Get On Some Ass Volume Three. I actually was planning on going. That's how I know I'm only seven hours away from Philly, but stuff happened. I couldn't make it. I gotta go back to St. Louis this weekend. But go ahead and tell the people what Gets get on some ass volume three is all about.
3: Get on some ass. It's funny how y'all looked at me like oh, I had to play that shit again. He's been plugging since eighty <laughs> eight. Get on some ass, dog. Uh, brought to your foot by Sex Strangers it's, it's a podcast party twerk party but it's also kind of like my birthday party it's my birthday it is it's on October the 8th um basically it's just kind of like taking it back to like I mean you know cause you from St. Louis or technically or whatever like when niggas used to go out people used to go out people used to dance people used to twerk people used to like ground on each other and all that and just have a good time as opposed to just standing around and clicking up and looking pretty and you know, so Oh, so what do you do? Oh, that sucks. Like fuck out of my face, like type shit. So it's just a it's just gonna be a good time. We it's gonna be catered by recipes and lingerie, that's her. Fucking Instagram, sponsored by Ron Juar, uh cheetah dealer. And it's basically brought to you by by sex and strangers, man. It's just gonna be popping. Niggas is gonna be drunk, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully I'm gonna get like my dick sucked by like three chicks.
1: I'm going to the party and I'm coming home babe. I'm not fooling around with them. I do said you don't Definitely thank you for having us.
0: Oh, anytime thank you for taking the time out uh just so we, we can we can coincide we'll get on some ass i actually get this out friday instead of my usual sunday but go ahead tell the people where they can find you guys at and then we'll go ahead and send them home
1: oh yeah on instagram follow us us and facebook sex with strangers podcast um if you want to follow me, C Marquie, C I I M A R Q U I underscore.
0: She's not gonna follow you back.
1: I will follow you back. Listen, I'm not following these other niggas back, babe, but I'm gonna follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, Jackson
3: 1616 J A X O N one six one six. That's my Instagram.
1: Y'all can follow me on Instagram at i got that the hot G. <laughs> Since y'all want me to be more pacific <laughs> and y'all can follow
0: me on twitter underscore just you alright definitely go and check them out listen to the podcast you guys if you can't tell funny as hell by how many laughs you shared today go check them out adios peace love and chicken grease and all that good shit I'll
1: talk to you later
0: <laughs> wow what a time What, a, what a, just, a, just a fun segment Hopefully, you guys got a lot of fun and and laughs out of that, too. Um, That's it. This has been The Awakened Soul this week. Like I said, next week, we got a few different uh, things planned for you guys. And, uh, you know, as I get this episode to you guys early, as I get ready to hit the road, um, travel across a couple of states to get back to St. Louis, uh, just prayers out to everybody. Um, Anyone who listens to this podcast, anyone uh, who, who doesn't listen yet? Uh, you know, like I said, prayers out to everyone. I hope everyone has a good and enjoyable weekend. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for all the love and support. Like, I, I, I can't say that enough. I know I say it at the beginning of the podcast almost every week. I like ending with it, too, because honestly, all the feedback and everything means a lot to me personally. So I d- definitely want to thank you guys as much as you know. I hope this podcast entertains you, you guys. Keep me uplifted with everything you give me back. So, it comes, we've reached the end of the road again. Uh, let's go ahead and say our good nights. Um, again, I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H A I Z E and send me any email, feedback, questions, concerns, comments, topics to the Awakened soul pod at gmail.com. Thank you. Love each and every one of you. Peace.